the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jeremiah shows us the importance of remaining faithful to God in the last days. The importance of remaining faithful to God in the last days and remaining faithful to God's Word. Jeremiah was faithful to God for over 40 years. He was faithful to God, faithful to preach God's Word. Again, Paul tells us to be instant in season and out of season. Whether it's popular or unpopular, we should stay faithful to God's Word in the last days. The book of Jeremiah shows us the importance of remaining faithful to God's ways and His words. Jeremiah was faithful to God for over 40 years, and his life reflected that. Today, Pastor Dan will walk us through what happened to those who were not faithful to God. Sometimes faithfulness to what is holy and good can be difficult, especially when tempted with the ways of the world. But the world is always changing. So put your faith in something that remains steady and true, the Word of God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 52, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. When Jesus talked about the destruction of the temple, and that was Herod's temple, when he talked about the destruction of the temple, remember the disciples assumed that that was a signal that it was the end of the world. And they asked Jesus, after he made that statement that not one stone would be left upon another, the disciples asked him, when will the end of the age be? Because in their minds, for the temple to be destroyed, that must be the end of the world then just shows you how significant the destruction of the temple was in the minds of the Jews. And I think that kind of comes out in this description that we have here in verses 17 to 23, detailing everything that was taken out of the temple, giving us this inventory here. Verse 17 says, The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord, and the carts, And the bronze sea, the laver, that were in the house of the Lord. The Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried all their bronze to Babylon. They took away the pots and the shovels, the trimmers, the bowls, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered. The basins, the fire pans, the bowls, the pots, the lampstands, the spoons, and the cups, whatever was solid gold and whatever was solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea, the twelve bronze bulls which were under it. Remember the sea, that laver, and then the twelve bulls, three on each side, facing out. And the carts which King Solomon had made 
for the house of the Lord. The bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. Back in 1 Kings chapter 7, we're told that they used so much bronze in the construction of the temple in Solomon's day. They didn't even weigh it. It was just too much to weigh. And here, Jeremiah is giving us this detailed list of everything that was taken. It took all the bronze. It was beyond measure. We couldn't even weigh how much bronze was used in the temple. And the Babylonians came in and they chopped it up into small pieces and carried it off. Verse 21, now concerning the pillars, the height of one pillar was 18 cubits. A measuring line of 12 cubits could measure its circumference. And its thickness was four fingers. It was hollow. And so you imagine these columns, they're four fingers thick of bronze. They came and just cut them up, carried them off. The capital of bronze was on it, and the height of one capital was five cubits. The capital part was seven and a half feet tall. It gives us the exact measurement. It's burned in his memory, watching this stuff carried away. It had a network of pomegranates all around the capital, these engravings and carvings of pomegranates all over the capital. It was all of bronze. The second pillar with pomegranates was the same. There were 96 pomegranates on the sides. He counted them. You can feel it, right? You can feel how gut-wrenching this is for Jeremiah to watch this. 96 pomegranates. All the pomegranates all around on the network were 100. Going on now in verse 24, the captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers, the doorkeepers of the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, right, than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, seven men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the principal scribe of the army who had mustered the people of the land, and 60 men of the people of the land who were found in the midst of the city. You know what Nebuzaradan is doing? He's rounding up all the leaders now in Jerusalem. Nothing's changed in 2,500 years. They still do this stuff when they conquer a city. They go and they round up all the leaders. That's what he's doing. He rounds up all the, all the religious leaders. He rounds up all the king's close associates now. In verse 26. And Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon in Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. So the priests, the religious leaders, were put to death. And they represented the religious apostasy of the nation. The nation had turned against God. The political leaders, the political associates of the king, they were all put to death, representing the political corruption of the nation. God judged this nation morally. He judged the religious leaders and the political leaders of the nation for how they led the nation morally. These were the leaders that were responsible for leading the nation into corruption. So they were put to death. 
Verse 28 says, Now these are the people whom Nebuchadnezzar carried away captive in the seventh year, 3,023 Jews. In the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, he carried away captive from Jerusalem, 832 persons. And then in the 23rd year, of Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, there's three times that Nebuchadnezzar comes into the land and carries away captives. The third time, the 23rd year of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive of the Jews 745 persons. All the persons were 4,000. So we're given the numbers here. I think the first thing that we notice about these numbers is that the number of people that were carried away captive is really not that large of a number. You read those numbers, it's really not as many people as you might think. The small numbers here are a testimony to the fact that so many people died in the siege. There just aren't a lot of people left. They died during that 18-month period in the siege. They didn't survive. I think the second thing that we want to note here about these numbers is they differ from the numbers that we find in 2 Kings 24. These numbers are lower than what we find in 2 Kings 24. The numbers here in Jeremiah 52, it's believed, probably refer only to the able-bodied males that were carried away into captivity. And these numbers do not include women or children or elderly that were carried away in the captivity. If you add in you know, the women, children, and elderly, that number would be much higher. But these are the able-bodied men. So now we come to verse 31. Now it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah. Now that's the king before Zedekiah. Zedekiah is the last king. He was the puppet king put in by Nebuchadnezzar. Before him was Jehoiachin. Jehoiachin has been in prison in Babylon for 37 years at this point. In the 12th month, on the 25th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, what a name that is, right? I mean, he sounds like something right out of a James Bond movie or something. Evil Merodach, you know, Merodach's evil twin brother. Evil Merodach, king of Babylon, Look what it says. In the first year of his reign, he lifted up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, and brought him out of prison. And he spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. The Babylonians liked when they captured a country, a nation, a kingdom, they would bring the king of that nation back to Babylon and imprison them in Babylon. So Jehoiachin changed from his prison garments and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king of Babylon a portion for each day until the day of his death, all the days of his life. Now, evil Merodach, the king of Babylon, he was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And we're told here 
that in the first year of his reign as king, once he became king, one of the very first things that he did as king was release Jehoiachin from prison after Jehoiachin had been in prison for 37 years. And not only did he release Jehoiachin from prison, he invited him to eat at the king's table. He gave him a place of honor. It says in verse 32, a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So he gave him the place of highest honor. And we're told that he provided for him. He ate regularly with the king. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And verse 34, the king of Babylon provided provisions for him and for his family. A regular ration was given him by the king of Babylon. You know, he was given a pension by the Babylonians. We read this, and first of all, let me say that archaeologists, they have discovered the archives of the Babylonians from this time, and in the archives of the Babylonians, they found a record, an accounting of the provisions that were given to Jehoiachin and his family every day. They've got the receipts of it. They've got the accounts of it in the Babylonian archives, listing exactly how much food he was given every day for him and his family. Isn't that amazing? They found that? Again, it just shows that the Bible is true. It's history. It's real people. It's real events. Now, the big question, though, is why? Why did evil Merodach, when he became king, why did he show such kindness to Jehoiachin? You know, you think about Jehoiachin, he was rotting in prison for 37 years, forgotten, and then evil Merodach became king. The first thing he does as king is he releases him from prison. He gives him this position of honor. He puts him on the government pension, payroll, and is providing for him and his family for the rest of his life. Why does he do that? Well, here's the interesting thing. Before evil Merodach became king, he himself was imprisoned by his father for a period of time. He was imprisoned with Jehoiachin. And so it's believed that while they were in prison together, they became friends. Evil Merodach is released from prison by his father. He eventually becomes king of Babylon. And evil Merodach remembers his old buddy from prison, Jehoiachin. And he releases him from prison. And he shows him 
all of this kindness and took care of him for the rest of his life. Isn't that something? So that brings us now to the end of Jeremiah, the end of the book of Jeremiah. And in closing, I just want to share just a few observations that we glean from the book of Jeremiah as we've gone through this book together. Here's just some things that stand out to me. It's certainly not a complete list, but it's a list I think that really applies to us and the days that we live in. First of all, Jeremiah was a prophet in the last days of his nation And the word of God that Jeremiah preached was rejected by his nation. The word of God that Jeremiah preached was rejected and mocked by his nation. As his nation was in the last days before judgment. And so one of the lessons I believe that we can take away from Jeremiah is that as we are living in the last days, we should expect the word of God to be rejected more and more. We should expect the truths of God and the standards of God and the morals of God to be rejected and mocked by most people, just as it was in the days of Jeremiah. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Paul says, in the last days, Perilous times will come. He says that people will have a form of godliness. They'll be religious, but they'll actually deny God. And that was the time that Jeremiah lived in. That's a good fitting description of Judah in the days of Jeremiah. That's going to be the way the world is in the last days before Christ returns. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For the time will come, I think we could say the time has come, When they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul says that the time will come when people will no longer endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because of their itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers who will just tickle their ears, tell them what they want to hear, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That was a description of Jeremiah's day. Paul's saying that's what's going to happen in the world in the last days. Again, I think you could make an argument that it is happening in the world that we live in, where people just are not going to endure sound doctrine. I don't want to hear the truth, just as it was in Jeremiah's day. So I think that's one thing that we can take away. Another thing that we could take away from the study of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, is Jeremiah shows us the importance of remaining faithful to God in the last days. The importance of remaining faithful to God in the last days and remaining faithful to God's word. Jeremiah was faithful to God. For over 40 years, he was faithful to God 
faithful to preach God's word. Again, Paul tells us to be instant in season and out of season. Whether it's popular or unpopular, we should stay faithful to God's word in the last days. Uh, Again, we live in a day when God's word and God's standards are falling out of favor with the culture around us. And we should stay faithful to God's word. Don't compromise God's word just because the culture is putting pressure on us to compromise God's word and compromise God's standards. This world is scheduled for judgment. So we don't want to compromise with the world. We want to stay faithful to God. A third thing that we can glean from Jeremiah is that Jeremiah shows us that God's word will come to pass. God's word will come to pass and God's people will be vindicated in the end. God's word will come to pass and God's people will be vindicated in the end. Even if the whole world rejects God's truth, his word will come to pass ultimately. We might be labeled as haters or bigoted by our culture because we stand on God's word. But we'll be vindicated in the end because God's word will come to pass. A fourth thing that Jeremiah shows us is it shows us the seriousness of sin and the seriousness of rebellion against God. God is patient. God is long-suffering, as I said earlier. But there is a point, there is a line where God will judge sin and God will judge rebellion. And I think the mistake that people make and the mistakes that nations make is because God is so patient and there's no judgment for so many years that it causes the nation to think that there's not going to be a judgment. That's exactly what happened in Judah. And Jeremiah was telling them judgment was coming for over 40 years and nothing happened. And then finally, at the very end, the Babylonians are outside the city wall. And remember what we read in Chronicles, they reached the point where there's no remedy. They passed the point of no return. But for 40 years, God was being patient with them, giving them the opportunity to repent And they just took that 40 years of nothing happening as a sign that nothing was going to happen. So Jeremiah shows us the seriousness of sin and rebellion, that there's consequences. There's consequences. Just ask the people of Judah. We shouldn't ignore God's warning or the conviction of the Holy Spirit. A fifth thing the book of Jeremiah shows us is the importance of repentance We should repent of our sin as soon as we realize we're sinning. As soon as we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't put off repentance. They put off repentance. They hardened their heart and they stiffened their neck. And I think the sixth thing and the last thing that we see in Jeremiah is that God will give us the grace to live a righteous life in the midst of an ungodly nation. Jeremiah honored God for his whole life. In the midst of a nation that had turned its back on God. And was doing all kinds of ungodly, perverse things. And by God's grace, we can honor God with our life. No matter how far our nation may go. Away from the Lord. Or how twisted things get. And how isolated we become. As people that believe the book. And are trying to live by the book. And trying to honor God. And live according to his word. Jeremiah was isolated. And no matter how isolated we get, God will give us the grace to live for Him in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes Rings true.